Well, we're going to be in several passages. Trust that you'll join me in the Bible this morning. We're going to begin in Revelation chapter number 21. And then I'm going to refer to a passage over in Psalm 102. Uh, and then we'll be for the balance of the message over in 2 Peter chapter number 3. I know that's a lot all to take in. I'll give you an opportunity to turn as we get to those. Revelation 21 and Psalm 102. And then we'll be in 2 Peter chapter number 3. Since the week before Easter, we began what I call an unintended series. I never intended for it to go this way. I had no idea that the Lord would take us on this journey the way He has. I seriously thought that back in April when the Lord would have me preach on uh, the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus at uh, Easter time, that He would have us right back in our Gospel of John series. And because if we put that on hold for Easter, and you know, by the way, the plan is to get back to the Gospel of John one day, if the Lord allows us to do that. But we, we looked back first at... Christ's death, burial, and resurrection. Then we looked at His ascension. And then we've been looking at some things that are prophesied that have yet to be fulfilled. Looking at the coming of Christ in the air to rapture believers and ushering in the day of the Lord. We looked at the coming of the judgment seat of Christ and then the tribulation period. Heavenly glory of Christ's return. And uh, we saw also last week Christ will... Uh, defeat his enemies, set up his kingdom, and then we, we looked at the millennial reign of Christ, and last week we saw the, the final judgment of, of unbelievers. Only detour from all of that was for our one patriotic Sunday, but we've been kind of going uh, in a row through this. We're going to backtrack just one little, one little section here, and you'll see why it's backtracked uh, in just a moment as we read the scripture. But today we come to this passage, which first mentions something that we probably would think is just unthinkable. Talking about the total destruction of this earth and heaven. I'm not talking about where God lives. We're talking about the first two heavens, where the birds fly and where we see the sun, moon, and stars. You know, it's all going to collapse one day. It's all going to be totally destroyed. It's what God says. They get Revelation 1, I mean, excuse me, Revelation 21 and verse number 1, Revelation 21, verse number 1 says, And I saw a new heaven and a new earth, for the first heaven and the first earth were passed away, and there was no more sea. Now, this properly actually uh, belongs right before the judgment. The, there at the great white throne judgment that we saw last week. And the reason I say that, if you back at the chapter number 20, Revelation 20, verse number 11, notice this, it says, And I saw a great white throne, and him that sat on it, from whose face the earth and the heaven fled away. So before that judgment takes place, um, the earth and heaven are going to be judged. And then look at Psalm 102. We will see that this was actually first prophesied by the psalmist here. Psalm 102, look at verse number 25. Speaking of the Lord here, the psalmist says in Psalm 102, verse 25, he says, Of old hast thou laid the foundation of the earth. We know that God did that. Amen. Um, 
even last night, scientists with this brand new telescope, they're wanting to think that, you know, everything just uh, had a big old bang and it's, uh, and it's just continuing to expand. And boy, we're seeing so many new things and this and that and the other. Listen, God created the heavens and the earth. Amen. Amen. Bottom line. Of old, thou hast laid the foundation of the earth, and the heavens are the work of thy hands. We know that. They shall perish. Did you get that? They shall perish. Verse 26 there. But thou shalt endure. Yea, all of them shall wax old like a garment. As a vesture shalt thou change them, and they shall be changed. In other words, it's like changing clothes. You, know, you put off an old garment, put on a new garment. Well, God's going to put off the old earth and heaven, and He's going to make a new heaven, a new earth. God will use uh, um, some fire in, in on all of this. Let's turn to Second Peter, chapter number three, and we're looking this morning at great change is coming on the horizon. The present heaven and earth will pass away and be replaced by a new heaven and new earth. We saw the first prophecy there in Psalm 102. We know that the Lord also revealed something about this in a prophecy that was given to the prophet Isaiah. I'm not going to have you turn to Isaiah 65, verse 17, but it, it tells us there, For behold, I create new heavens and a new earth, and the former, in other words, the old, the old, old earth and old heaven, shall not be remembered, nor come to mind. There's going to come a time when you're not even going to remember what happened here. You're not going to remember the, the old heaven and the old earth. Jesus Himself also prophesied of this in Matthew 24, 35. Jesus said, Heaven and earth shall pass away. He predicted it. He prophesied it Himself. He said, But my words shall not pass away. So there's a great change on the horizon. So what is going to happen to this old earth and the old heaven that we know of and why? We find that answer in 2 Peter chapter number 3. And let's take those questions in reverse order. We're going to see why first. And then we're going to see what's going to happen. Why will this happen? 2 Peter 3 verse number 7. Peter writes here, says, But the heavens and the earth, which are now, by the same word, are kept in store, reserved unto fire against the day of judgment and perdition of ungodly men. Now, Peter says here that the heavens and earth, as we know them, are kept in store. Uh, you ever laid something aside and saved it for a particular special moment? I think we all have at one time or another, haven't we? You know, sometimes I'll, uh, I'll set, set aside some particular snack that I want my wife to see that I got. And I set it aside and I'm eating at a special time you know, when she's not around. Well, this is talking about God laying something aside here. Uh, this is what God has done with the heavens and the earth that we know them as today. The heavens and the earth have been laid aside, kept in store, or treasured up for future use by the Lord. And that future use is for His judgment. His judgment is coming against sin and what sin has done. Sin has made a mess out of God's creation. Amen. You need to look no further than the earth and see how man has ruined 
the earth. What sin has done is ruined God's creation. Um, the Lord is going to do this because sin has corrupted the present heaven and earth and is part of God's judgment against ungodly men and their works that have ruined His once perfect creation. God will use fire to purge both heaven and earth of man's unrighteous works. Look at, uh, let's just go ahead and read our, our other verses here. 2 Peter 3 and verse number 10. Let's pick up verse 10. But the day of the Lord will come as a thief in the night, into which the heavens shall pass away with a great noise. There's your big bang. <laughs> they, want, they talk about a big bang. They want a big bang. God's going to give them a big bang right there. In which the heavens shall pass away with a great noise, and the elements shall melt with fervent heat. The earth also and the works that are therein shall be burned up. Seeing then that all these things shall be dissolved, what manner of persons ought ye to be in all holy conversation and godliness? Looking for and hasting unto the coming day of God, wherein the heavens being on fire shall be dissolved, and the elements shall melt with fervent heat. And I said, great change is coming on the horizon. God's going to purge everything with fire. Scripture records that the corruption began in the Garden of Eden when man fell by sinning. At that point, the creation of God had been made good in the beginning. Genesis chapter 1. Every time God created something, made something in those six days of creation, God saw that it was good. Amen. It was good all the way up to the point when man sinned. When man sinned, the curse entered. And the curse of man, uh, the curse of sin came upon man and upon all of God's creation with it. And as mankind has spread about in the earth since that time, the earth has become even more contaminated and corrupted by man. In fact, it became so corrupted at one time uh, there that God judged it by a worldwide flood. You say, you believe in a worldwide flood? Yeah, the Bible says it happened. And really, geology shows that it happens whether they want to, to, to agree with that or not. But nevertheless, it, it did happen. And uh, mankind has continued to corrupt uh, God's earth. Let's not forget that mankind has since continually corrupted the heavens as well also. You say, how have man corrupted the heavens? Well, listen, God's heavens are there to declare His glory. That's what they're there for. Declare His glory and to show His handiwork. Psalm 19, verse number 1 through 4 says, the, the heavens declare the glory of God. The firmament showeth His handiwork. Day unto day uttereth speech. Night unto night showeth knowledge. There is no speech nor language where their voice is not heard. Their line is gone out through all the earth and their words to the end of the world. In them He has set a tabernacle for the sun. Well, that was God's intent. What? What did man do? Mankind corrupted the heavens by making gods out of stars and planets and all. They deified and worshipped the heavenly bodies, using them for other ungodly purposes to this day. I mean, I only have to talk about astrology, uh, horoscopes, fortune telling, witchcraft. All of this tied in with the corruption of the heavens. It, it really is. Listen to God's word against the Chaldeans. 
Chaldeans were the Babylonians. Isaiah 47, verse 13 and 14. He says, Thou art wearied in the multitude of thy counsels. It's just Paul's right here. Remember during Daniel's day, him living in Babylon, how they were seeking after the astrologers and wanting to try to figure out what the dreams meant. And those guys couldn't figure it out, but Daniel could because Daniel went to God and God gave him the the, the ability to do that. But they were into astrology real bad. And that's what this passage is talking about. Thou art wearied in the multitude of thy counsels. Let now the astrologers, the stargazers, the monthly prognosticators stand up and save thee from these things that shall come upon thee. Behold, they shall be a stubble. The fire shall burn them. They shall not deliver themselves from the power of the flame. There shall not be a coal to warm at, nor fire to sit before it. Listen, we need to understand also the heavens have been corrupted by mankind's so-called science that leaves God out. And we see that. I saw it in 12 years that I was going to public schools growing up. They didn't have Christian schools when I was coming along the way. But they tried to take away from me what the Bible says, which I grew up, and I thank God I grew up learning the Word of God I was, I was raised in church from the time that I had first come uh, into this world. My parents had me in church, and I learned uh, what the Word of God says about what God did. And, you know, I, believe, I just believe God. I believe what God said is His Word. Amen. But uh, there's a lot of folks that don't. And uh, mankind has taken, and, you know, there's, there are what they call science continually changes. Mm-hmm. Well, what good is that? You know, the Word of God never changes. The Word of God's been the same from the beginning, but science has changed about what they think uh, has come, uh, what has happened. In fact, uh, they are, with this new telescope they just put up there, what was it, last week, week before, something like that, they're starting to change already some of the th- some of their beliefs about some of the starting of the, the solar system, of the universe. And what they're doing is... Um, they are taking God out of the equation. Romans 1.21 says, Because that when they knew God, they glorified Him not as God, neither were thankful, but became vain in their imaginations, and their foolish heart was darkened. Listen, even in this advanced technological age in which we live, mankind's corruption has physically affected the heavens. Sin caused God to to break up the protective water canopy. And that's part of how the uh, flood came about. When God first created the heavens and the earth, there was a protective water canopy, and that's the reason why they were able to live so long. uh, We see the the, uh, long ages of people living back during that time. But sin caused God to break that up, bring on the flood, what have we done? Well, pollution. Man's brought pollution. Space junk. Space exploration. Searching for precious life elsewhere in the universe while denying precious life to babies in the womb on the earth. Think about that. Yeah. They're looking for, looking for just any microscopic piece of life somewhere. They send, they've got a rover that's sitting on Mars and constantly looking for evidence of something that will allow uh, 
life to form there. And they do that, yet they deny life to uh, the babies in the womb. Think about how the rainbow has been hijacked by those who practice abominable things. That's also a corruption of the heavens. Um, God's beautiful rainbow. Think about the rainbow. God said He wasn't going to judge the world by a flood. Every time you see the rainbow, it's what you're supposed to think about. Think about that God's, God's uh, uh, never going to judge this world by flood again, but He's going to judge the world. Next judgment's going to be by fire. By fire. That's what we're looking at today. Now, all of that is the why of this is going to happen. That sin's corruption. That's the why. Well, what will happen? We see what happens to the heavens there in verse number ten. Look at the very look at the very first part of uh, of that. But the day of the Lord will come as a thief in the night, in which notice this: the heavens will pass away with a great noise, and the elements shall melt with fervent heat. Then um, you skip down to verse number twelve looking for and hasting unto the coming day of God, notice this, wherein the heavens being on fire shall be dissolved. We see what happens to the heavens. Listen, I personally believe that these things will encompass two of the three heavens mentioned in Scripture, and I say that because the word heavens is plural there, and because we know that sin has affected all but where God dwells. That's the third heaven. Sin cannot affect that. Um, that's where God abides and where we will be with Him forever and ever. And, and listen, the word heavens, think about the first heaven being the sky where the birds fly and the atmosphere that envelops the earth. And the second heaven being the moon where the, we see the moon, the sun, and the other heavenly bodies situated beyond, beyond the earth's atmosphere. These all have been affected because as we have seen, man's sin has corrupted them all after the fall. Now, when it says there, the elements shall melt with fervent heat. What does that word elements mean? It means the basic parts. The basic parts, the rudiments, the, the components. Now, we know these things are composed of atoms. That the atoms are composed of neutrons, protons, and electrons. It's all going to be. It's going to be melted down to its basic parts before God recreates it. So we see what happens to the heavens. We see what happens to the earth there in the latter part of verse number ten. It says the earth also and the works that are therein shall be burned up. In verse number eleven, the first part, seeing then that all these things shall be dissolved, he uses that word dissolved both with regard to the heavens and with the earth. Uh, to be dissolved means to unbind. You know, atoms are held together by those neutrons, electrons, and protons actually held together by God. By Him, Paul recorded in the book of Colossians, by Him all things consist. The only way that this pulpit this morning is held together is made up of the microscopic parts that God first created uh, but God's the one holding it all together he's holding it all together one of these days it's going to become unbound 
It's going to be dissolved. Listen, no matter the character of it, I know when, you, when we take a look at things in this world, man has gotten smarter and smarter and has come up with uh, uh, things uh, that uh, were not of old. And we look at it and we're, we're amazed at what man has been able to do. And man's only been able to do that because of God allowing him to do that. Listen, no matter what it's made of or what it's made to survive, it's going to burn up. Amen. You remember the Titanic that said it was unsinkable? Well, there's a lot of things that are in this world that, think, that people think, well, that's, you know, that's, that's just going to last forever and ever. It's not, no, it's not. It's going to be dissolved one day. God's going to dissolve it. No matter the character of it, it could be uh, made to withstand nuclear bombs. doesn't matter. doesn't matter. It's going to melt. No matter the preciousness of it, you know some of the some of the most precious things we know of uh, in this world, diamonds. You know, diamonds don't have a chance to survive in this. You know, people think that diamonds are indestructible, but they they're not. No matter the value of it, there's a great mosque in Mecca that has had a hundred billion dollars poured into it. It covers 88.2 acres. I want you to think about that. 88.2 acre facility that has had 100 billion dollars. It is the most expensive building in the world. It's going to burn up one day. The 100 billion don't matter. No matter what they made it out of, it's going to burn up. No matter the work put into it, I read this week where it took 2,000 years to complete the Great Wall of China. Can you imagine that? 2,000 years? It was actually, they began work on it before Christ was born. And it didn't get finished until many years after Christ left this earth. But 2,000 years, they put a lot of work into that. didn't matter. It's going to burn up one day. No matter what man has, has, uh, has done there, Everything that sin has marred will be dissolved, never to be remembered by us again. That's what Isaiah 65 verse 17 says, And the former shall not be remembered nor come to mind. Again, understand that the universe in which we now live is going to be completely destroyed and won't even be remembered to come to mind. I'm just telling you what God's Word says. Okay, And God doesn't speak idly. He doesn't speak falsely. Everything Amen. that He says will come to pass. Amen. We know prophecies of the Old Testament uh, that prophesied regarding Christ's first coming. They all found their uh, fulfillment in Him. And uh, if you were to, to look at the mathematical probability of all of that taking place in one human being, mind-blowing. Couldn't happen. You say impossible. And yet it was possible. With God. With God all things are possible. And all those things did come true in the Lord Jesus Christ. But God's not through with Christ yet. One of these days, Jesus comes again. There's a lot of uh, prophecies that we've seen thus far. They're going to be fulfilled. Continue to be fulfilled in Him. So we've seen all of what's going to happen with the present heavens and the present earth. And why? 
Now the last thing I want to cover this morning is this question. We see why it matters to us today. He said, Brother Jerry, so what? Everything is going to be dissolved. All the heavens, all the earth, what does that mean to me? Listen, it stands to reason here that if the, the things that we've seen today are truly going to take place, and they are, then it isn't, you know, isn't it a shame that people put so much emphasis in living their life for this right here? That people's lives are wrapped up in the things in this world, and when it's all said and done, they're going to leave it behind, and then it's all going to burn up one day and be dissolved. And that's one reason why Jesus said in His Sermon on the Mount, in Matthew 6, verse 19 through 21, He said, Lay not up for yourselves treasures upon earth. And He said, Where moth and rust doth corrupt. You know why moth and rust corruption comes? It's part of the curse of sin. You know? Those things that, those things that are, are corrupt. And where thieves break through and steal. Why, why do thieves break through and steal? Because of sin. Yeah? Again, talking about the corruption of sin. He said, But lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust doth corrupt, where thieves do not break through nor seal. For where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. That's also the reason why the Apostle Paul told us to set our affection on things above and not on things on the earth. Listen to Colossians chapter number 3, verse number 1. If ye then be risen with Christ, seek those things which are above, where Christ sitteth on the right hand of God. Set your affection on things above, not on things on the earth. For ye are dead, and your life is hid with Christ in God. When Christ, who is our life, shall appear, then shall ye also appear with Him in glory. Listen to 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 17 and 18. Paul talks about our affliction in this life. For our light affliction, which is but for a moment, worketh for us far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory. Listen to what he says. While we look not at the things which are seen, we can look around, we can see things, can't we? There's a lot of pretty things we see sometimes that we can view. He said, don't, don't keep your eyes focused on those things, but on the things which are not seen. For the things which are seen are temporal. Temporal means ain't going to last. It's all going to burn up one day. It's all going to be dissolved. That don't focus on the things which are temporal, but on the things which are not seen, which are eternal. Amen. It's also why the Apostle John wrote in his first epistle. We're familiar with these passages. This passage here says, Love not the world. You know the next phrase, right? These are the things that are in the world. If any man love the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that's in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, the pride of life is not of the Father, but is of the world. Listen. And the world passeth away. It's going to pass away one day. And the lust thereof, God's going to, you know, God's going to have enough one day and it's all going to melt. It's all going to be dissolved. But he that doeth the will of God abideth forever. So listen to me in closing. Is your life all about the nasty now and now? Or are you focused on the sweet by and by? First of all this morning, do you possess the life that is eternal? You know, it's really simple, folks. 1 John 5, verse 11 and 12, some of my favorite verses. 
This is the record that God hath given to us eternal life. And this life is in His Son. He that hath the Son hath life. He that hath not the Son of God hath not life. It's just that simple. You either have Jesus or you don't today. And based upon having Jesus or not having Jesus, you're either saved and on your way to heaven or you're lost and you're on your way to hell. One of the two. You have to have Jesus to stay out of the lake of fire that we talked about last week. If you have eternal life in Christ, let me ask, what is your life showing about where your treasure is? Is your life showing that you treasure the things of this life or is it showing that you treasure the things of Christ? Are you laboring for that that you're going to leave behind one day that's all going to melt with a fervent heat and be dissolved? Why not spend your time laying up your treasure in heaven instead? We're talking about the third heaven where God is and where we will be with Him for all of eternity. Let's pray. Father.